Welcome to another conversation of great significance. I'm Tony. I'm Mike. I'm Adam. And we are back together once again to have a conversation. What have you guys been up to? I went to Vegas. I went to Vegas. We didn't go together, though. No. Nice. I also went to Orlando, I think. You think? Yeah, I didn't leave the the convention center. Except for his walk. I I, I went on a walk. That was it. You know, I did that in Nashville. I I went to Nashville for three days. Never left the convention center. I was there for four. (laughs) It happened. Yeah, yeah, so your Vegas trip, though, Mike, was a big one. Not really. Not really. I don't think so. But but it, but it wasn't a work. It, it wasn't, wasn't a work. work trip, no, it was a personal holiday vacation. Was there any like thing that you were going for? Any particular reason? No. So we usually go around my birthday every year. Oh, that's what I was Which, trying to drag out. Oh yeah, happy yeah. birthday, bro, Chacho. Yeah, Are we supposed to sing at this one? No. Happy, happy birthday. We're no. no. Okay. So I think to your to your point, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but apparently. It is. And what birthdays? No, what age I turned. Oh, yeah, that's irrelevant. We're not going to tell everybody how geriatric you are. No, we can. Oh, because there's a little, there's a little bit of a story behind it, right? So everybody's like, oh, you're turning 45. Like, oh, it's second greatest number in the world, right? I don't know what that means, but oh, I get it now. Jordan's second coming. Yeah. (laughs) So. That's that's a sports ball reference sports that ball. he sports just went. <laughs> yeah, I get no. It got halfway and then I caught it. Yeah, and I there was you like, go. Oh yeah, I got it. All right. Anyway, so I was like, uh, yeah, I'm turning 45. Everyone's like, oh, it's a pretty big birthday. I'm like, I don't think so. It's just 45. Like, I don't get any extra money off my car insurance. That you know all I mean? kind of like, stopped at like 26. It's just like yeah. 44 and 46. It's just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking you know, It's just another year. Um, just but then, gonna hurt. but then I got home today after work and I was trying to catch up on my email. And I saw this one from uh, one of those retirement uh, companies. AARP? No, (laughs) no. And you can get AARP at any age, by the way. You don't have to be old to get AARP. It's a subscription service. Okay. They're not going to turn away money. But anyway, so it says you are halfway to retirement. Holy fuck. Halfway? Yeah. And then I open it and it says you turn 45. You're halfway there. And I'm like, I'm not a mathematical genius, but that means retirement age would be 90. Wait a second. Nailed it, didn't you? <laughs> All right, but <laughs> well, no. I think what they mean is like you're halfway through your working years, right? So, assuming, I guess they're assuming that you get like your big boy job when you're 25. I don't know. It would be 20, no, 25 to 45 to 65. That'd be halfway. Yeah, you know. Assuming you went to college and whatnot, you would start your actual career at 25. According to the CDC, the average life expectancy for a male is 79.1 years. Yeah. Yeah. Halfway there. <laughs> yeah. You're a little bit beyond halfway. <laughs> well, well, no, it's all the way to retirement. But the good yeah, news that's is, what I'm is saying. you'll be it, dead for halfway a... to retirement, not halfway to death. Yeah, well, you'll be 10 years dead by the time you get to retire. So then I'm like <laughs> trying to figure out, like, man, this is like an interesting math problem, you know, like toilet paper yeah. math. And I'm like, what does this mean? I'm like, well, it must be something significant because they sent me an email and put my age in it to make a point about my retirement. I think so, what they meant by halfway there is you opened up the email. Like, you're <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're halfway yeah. there before you give us more money. Money for something. <laughs> yeah, right. But then I was thinking about, you know, that conversation we were having on the walk about, you know, oh, am I Corvette age yet? Oh my God, yes. And yes. then you're like, no, that's older. Like, yeah. you're, you're not, you're you're about no. Porsche age or some shit. I forgot no, what you said. you are, you're dangerously close right now. But, <laughs> but, but I feel I like there's, so. I feel like there's levels of Corvette a, age. That's a, that's a 50. So you are, yeah. you are dangerously close. But I think that's an older, like, I, like, I think you have a, 
midlife car crisis before you get to 50. I would like, agree. You know, I'm, I got to be like right there, right? 45. Because then you get to 50, Corvette age. So what comes before Corvette? I, I don't think it's a before Corvette. I think it's a preference thing. Like some guys will go out and, you know, they'll get like a super exotic car, like a Ferrari or a Porsche or something like that. I don't think that a Porsche is necessarily, and we're going to call it Porsche, please, is, is going to be considered super exotic. I really don't. Because, I mean, you can get yourself a Porsche Boxster with 30,000 miles for 22000 Yes, but to us low-level peons, a Porsche is a fairly expensive car. And so we're going to wrong. We're going to call it exotic because... Well, it's because what you th- in, you're in, thinking of... In perspective. Yeah, you're thinking of like 911s and all the, like the, the super sure. crazy higher-up stuff. Um, I will tell you that I'm knocking on the door of... I'm only a couple years behind you, but I am uh, knocking around the idea of maybe like an older BMW M3. So, so is this like... So I, I don't. Are have, we talking like a convertible one? Or? Oh no, I don't do convertibles at all. No, no, that's gross. No. So yeah. that's gross. <laughs> what? It's just, it's just gross. Yeah. Why no, is a convertible right. gross? A, a middle-aged man buying a convertible is gross. Yes, absolutely. All you're doing is showing off your bald spot. That's it. Yeah. I, I, and see, that's what we were talking okay. about. Like the, the stages of the Corvette <laughs> retirement right. is you get a yellow convertible when you're 62. Like I feel like that's that's when you get the yellow convertible. Yeah, like you graduate through. Well, so so, so here's you start out so, with a silver coupe. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold so, on. Stop, 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 stop. Hold stop, on a second. Stop, I stop, think stop, that. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, stop. Here, I'm the one that's 45. Sure. I will tell you guys how I feel. <laughs> right, you don't have to fucking mansplain to me. <laughs> this, this is how I <laughs> think about this. <laughs> if I were to have had children, I don't have children. Correct. Right. <laughs> Not as far as I know. I would be empty nesting right now, right? I'm three years behind you and I have a fourteen year old. Yeah. So I'm so, so you I would, would disagree you, with that. You, I mean you're right you're right there. You're you're, you're, you're in, coming up on you're it. in the doors. I mean you're right, in, you're stepping in the door. You're like like you're making plans. Three, like, okay, if my kids were leaving next year, right, what in, am I gonna do with their bedroom? I'm gonna in make three it a workout years, room. You're gearing up to send him off to college. Right. I guess I think about that and whenever we purchased our house a couple of years ago, we actually had the conversation about is it going to be big enough, you know, for grandchildren? Is it going to be you know when Jay comes home, you know, we, you know, things like that. Like we had that conversation. So I guess, fuck, you're right. Right. So then, so then there's that. There's it that. hurts every time I have to say that. Well, yeah, also, also for you, I mean, you're in the, you're, you're in that generation where just because he's out of college doesn't mean he's out of the house. I really kind of hope, honestly, that he, I mean, know, he I, might I don't, be, but that. I hope he does his like, you know, generals like at a junior college and yeah. then goes out. I think that it's a better life experience personally oh, than going me. straight into a four year. Right. I mean, says the college dropout. But but you wouldn't need the family vehicle anymore at this point, regardless, right? Like probably right. when he turns 16, 17, he gets his own vehicle, he gets a job. He's kind of managing himself. So, so when it comes to vehicles, until you this be, would until this, you become the grandparent and then you need the family vehicle. Right. Again. So you have that like small window where right before you get to Corvette, you're probably into, I'm tired of driving this family car. I want to get something a little snappy but for before real you get to corvette what's right. in between there so so i think that there is a level of corvette so i think that i think that at your your point right now you're buying a brand new one so a 2023 fully loaded Corvette as it stands. Five to ten years from now. You are you're not in that Z06 category either, though, because that's for the young bucks who want to drive something fun and okay. fast. So, right. So he, we're talking straight up C8, just a, and you're probably going to get red I'm 
or sorry. maybe that brown. I have no yeah. idea what you guys are talking about. You're not going to get the, like the Highline Racing Corvette, but you're going to get something sporty. You're going to get something that is sporty for you, but you're going to get the newer one. The newer style. Once you get like another 10 years in, you're going to want to go to like a 69 Corvette or something like that. And you're going to go for like an older classic car. That That is that, how that kind of works. That's the progression of Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking, because I am this age and I'm going through these this experience in my life right now, way before you guys. Yeah, a whole three years. You know, that maybe. He's got a few on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe it would be like, like, I don't think my next vehicle would be a Corvette. Like, I think it would definitely be something that's probably a little more sporty like we were talking about yeah. like, a, like a porsche or, yeah you know really like a bm like a like a snapped up bmw or something like yeah you know like you could get a nice you know because like i luxury yes sports i get that you know you're probably like uh you know probably higher in three series bmw you know still okay. a little bit of a smaller car so got some luxury to it i can um, see him in a five series i don't know a five series is a little that you're starting bigger. to get a little bougie. Yeah. But it's for him, it's more comfort than sport. And if you're going to do a lot of road trips, 5 Series is the way to go. But I you see. did say a snapped up BMW. So I personally, as opposed to looking at something new, I'm looking at that like 98 to like 06 range uh, of the BMW M3s. And I am thinking more of, I guess my, I mean, I'm only 42, so it's not a midlife crisis, but I guess it could be. But I'm thinking of more of like the, the performance and kind of do some more track racing like I did, you know, around. I was younger, so reliving the glory days. You know, um, I have zero ambition to ever own a Corvette. Oh shit! Are you gonna relive the glory days and get a Geo Metro? Get a, <laughs> I'm gonna get a Grand Prix, bro. <laughs> they even make those anymore? No. no. In fact, they killed off all of Pontiac. <laughs> the whole thing. Really? Gone. The whole thing. Pontiac. Wow. Pontiac I did not know that. Yeah. Pontiac and Saturn. They're uh, sitting yeah, they in got, the they GM got, junk heap. <laughs> I'll get a Geo then. They got rid of them. Uh, also How much gone. is a new Geo Metro? They don't that also is non-existent oh, anymore. <laughs> you guys are killing me with these. No, but I do. I think that the more that I think about it, I think that you, you know Tony's probably right. You're probably right now either in the you know the edge of performance or because of you know I think that matters too personality like i think that you probably are a little more luxury like hey you know what i really like the seat warmers but maybe massaging seats would be nice i think i'm a little cheap though too so what you, about you're like, no you're not a little what, cheap you're what a lot about cheap. like a camaro that'd be a step up from a civic just saying it would be <laughs> um and honestly the the newer camaros are not they're not terribly uncomfortable cars they're mm-hmm. you know the yes. problem with them is where we live yeah i mean that's ultimately the issue um to where you can get you yeah know, that's a garage kept card like six months out of the year yeah. It is. I'm not even going to tell you guys. Remind me at one point in time, or at some point second in time. Car. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a second car. <laughs> um, so it's funny. I have given up on owning a Camaro. Um, I have been screwed five different times on purchasing a Camaro. Huh. And whatever, new or used? Uh, two of them were new. Okay. And three of them were were used classics. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll briefly tell you a story of, of how the first one happened. So I grew up um, around cars. I've always been a car guy. I had a 71 Chevelle SS 396 four-speed car with 46,000 miles in 2000. Okay? Sweet car. I could dig a Chevelle. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Uh, do you think? No, we'll save those stories for later. <laughs> Keep this a little Big more Big back seats, Adam. They laid all the way back. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I sold that car. And then I sold a 66 uh, Chevy C10 pickup in order to... And then I purchased a 85 Ford Escort. Four-door. 900 bucks. Not to to stop you. By all means. But my first car was an 85 Custom Cruiser Oldsmobile Station Wagon. Fuck yeah. 
That thing was a tank, yeah. and I loved it. For if, sure. If my midlife crisis hits, I might try and find one of those and try and restore it. Didn't you start <laughs> it on fire? No. It, funny enough... It did start on fire, but the guy I bought it from bought it back from me to give to his son. <laughs> it was 200 bucks, by the way, and that's how much I sold it back to. I paid 250 for my escort. I get it. Yeah. So he, he buys it back from me, and the first time he goes to get the emission test done, the, the guy at the emission, it fails tremendously. Um <laughs> I but, can imagine. But he, <laughs> the guy running the thing, this was before you just kind of sat in your car while mm-hmm. they did it. So the guy gets in it, pulls it out of the emission testing place, accidentally locks it with the car running. The fuel line sparks <laughs> and the car burns to the ground in the emission testing place. Holy shit. <laughs> like, My story is almost as tragic. <laughs> like two months after I sold it back. To, uh, uh, so anyway, that's a fantastic story. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a mic here. I'm going to bulldoze it. My story still. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, good my story's over. So you're good. So <laughs> I, I sold the Chevelle. I sold the C10, and I went and I ordered a 2002 Camaro SS 35th anniversary SLP2 package, meaning it now has the LS3. It's a six-speed. There, it, it there is not a car above this that Chevrolet is going to be producing outside of you know like a Corvette Z06. And, and then Z06 didn't matter. I don't think at that point. So you were buying a 2002 in 2002. Yes, and okay. 2002, if you remember. 2002 was the last year they made the Camaro before they brought it back. So this was supposed to be the end of the line for the Camaro. So I ordered a black anniversary, which means it had the anniversary stripes, it had the anniversary stitching, it had all the placards, it came numbered. Now they had a red one, they had a black one. The black one, allegedly, somebody can fact check me on this, there was 135 of them. I had plaque number 43. So number 43 is coming to me. I get the notification, not like a text, but you know, like an email where I had to log into my computer and fucking check it. That you know that my car has come in, so I drive in my escort with my buddy to go pick up my car. Keep in mind, I've already put down $24,000 down on this car because I didn't have the credit to finance this out. This is going to be my car that I'm going to keep. All right, this is the I'm going to pass down to my children car because it's super rare. You notice how I don't own it, right? Yeah, the, the most practical of cars to. <laughs> To give to you, know, but but, but it's like but, a vent, like a collectible vintage. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's more of you know like having a, a collectible car. <laughs> so as I get to the car dealership. I see it in the back, and they are, you know, doing the whole wiping it down after transport, things like that. Oh, my God, is it gorgeous. Beautiful car. I go in, finish up all the paperwork and everything else. The salesman, or the guy tells me that the car is not here. No, we're sorry. That is not your vehicle. That vehicle is sold. Now, the odds of 135 of them in the world, or in the country, I guess, probably out of there, anywhere exported. The odds of two of them in southern Illinois is very, very unlikely. The dealership sold my car for $20,000 over invoice and then offered me a fucking cavalier for my down payment because it was an oversight that they sold this car to somebody else. So I ended up going through GM, got got my money back, got all this other stuff. I ended up buying a 2002 Trans Am WS6 that I had for like eight months because I fucking got it at like, you know, damn near invoice because I raged such a stink. But that is my, uh, I literally was, that would have been the car that I would have given to my son. Um, I would still own it to this day. Yeah, I can, I can hear the heartbreak in your voice, man. I'm like, telling you, uh, I've seen <laughs> I've seen one other like in person. I, there, it was unreal. I mean, unreal car. Um, but so, you know, what do they run for in uh, 2023? I refuse to look. Come on, I absolutely now I want to look. To look. I'm gonna look. Um, that kind of market is kind of blowing up a little bit right now. Like you know the the square bodies and stuff like that. Oh, the used car market. Yeah. No, I'm talking <laughs> like. 
like our generation, you know, like the uh, the early, you know, the 90s and the 2000s, yeah. you know, the early 2000s, that kind of, those type of collector cars are really starting to blow up now because, to your point... Because they are officially classics at this point. Not only that, but it's also at a point to where the guys like, you know, Mike and myself that can now afford to have a toy. Yeah, want something, nostalgia. want something from their childhood. Absolutely. Um, I bet you I can still find a Geo Metro somewhere. I'll guarantee you can. Guaranteed. Was for about a, 600 bucks. Ain't, was it 96, ain't a, ain't a new one. <laughs> That's for sure well, not yeah. a new one. But, so yeah, so no, I think that you, if for your next car, you should not be cheap. And you should... Go ahead and pull the trigger. You don't have to go spend a hundred thousand dollars. Treat yourself. You man. don't have to. I'm not really a car guy though. Like like as much as I so, so talk about this. Like that's why I was like, you know, when you were talking about getting your like M3 or whatever mm-hmm. and going racing, that's because you can customize it and do some shit. You're never going to customize anything on a car. You want to buy it and drive it and you know. Like I it. honestly think if I got a car, a fancier car, it would be mm-hmm. like a classic, like you said, yeah. like a Chevelle or something. I would probably skip through all the models. Modern stuff, honestly. Honestly, which like, makes a ton of sense. When I yeah. hit that kind of, I need to do that kind of thing. Like that's when you hit that age. Yeah, when I hit oh. your age, um, <laughs> dick. When you when you're ha- when you're halfway to retirement, <laughs> halfway to the grave. You know, yeah, asshole. But uh, <laughs> and technically, like, if we only live to eighty, you are midlife. Just saying. Oh, I, I no, I absolutely, I'm, I'm for sure midlife. I'm like 55% life. Yeah, so, I'm almost dead. But anyway, yeah, I would do get? like a 60s, 70s muscle car type deal. Like that's what I would do. The problem with that right now though is it, they've now skyrocketed to like absurd money. I mean like abs- literally Probably absurd those, money. Those, got, those boomers got their retirement checks now and they can... It's not only that, <laughs> but I, I do you think... their glory days. You can, I mean, and, and I follow a little bit of like the exotic world and I follow, you know, a lot of the muscle car stuff and things like that. You know, pretty closely what's happening is people are buying them up because they're not going to be be available yeah uh you know if everything goes through with all this electrification for all the cars and everything else you have to think that carbureted v6 manual you know gearbox car is never going to be out there again with no seatbelt. yeah with just a lot <laughs> yeah. of belt just to make sure it cuts you in half um <laughs> but i mean if you really think about it so like if you go into the exotic world like your lamborghinis you know your murcielagos you're like naturally aspirated you know v you know you know big engine cars i think they're v12 um are skyrocketing they were a two hundred thousand dollar car five years ago now they're transacting for 750 to 1.2 depending on what it is and if you have a manual it's even higher because all the cars that are coming out now are hybrids even in the in the super exotic world and that's how everything is starting to go is the gasoline engine is is going to be no more but don't you think that's kind of like overpaying for something that's dying just for the sake of saying, oh, I got a gas one. Like, okay, uh, cool. But I don't think that that's necessarily it. I think that there is... Have you ever driven an electric car? I've been in one. Have you ever driven one? Negative. Okay. It's a different experience. Yeah. Um, it's not... And whenever you get into... I've only driven... I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to drive a few exotics. I've driven a, a couple Vipers. I've driven a couple Ferraris. I've driven a couple Lamborghinis. Uh, I sat in an Aston Martin. Beautiful cars. Um, I've driven a Porsche. Uh <laughs> 
it was a 911, so we can call it a Porsche. Um, but anyway, um, it's a different feel. Like the whole car feels completely different than I've driven Teslas, I've driven Rivians. I've been in a Tesla Plaid, you know, Model S Plaid, like the fastest car right now, you know, zero to, to 60. I heard that the Teslas just have a terrible ride to them. Like they're, they're... I was not impressed with the three different Teslas I've been in. Um, yeah, like everybody that tells me about Teslas, like tells me like the ride is just dog shit. Like the, like, okay, it's eco-friendly because it's electric. It's got cool features on the inside, mm-hmm. but the actual suspension, the ride of the actual car is terrible. See, I, uh, I've heard that too, but when we were in Vegas, we had Uber in a Tesla 3, mm-hmm. and I felt like super comfortable. And yeah. that's probably like what the, my wife is going to get next is something like along the, that line. The seats and everything inside are nice, but like you're going through Vegas, which is a very kind of flat, you know, flat area. Like air, like the, everywhere in the Midwest, like we live in. We live in the, the land of potholes, so... <laughs> Like, oh, there's potholes in Vegas. Yeah, let me tell you. Don't been, be worried about that. I haven't that. been in a while. So. Yeah, and it, it felt okay. like a normal car to me. And same with my wife was actually commenting about how she couldn't believe how comfortable it was because of the stigma around how uncomfortable electric cars so are. So no, I've only ever driven a Tesla in, in sport, like, you know, with the suspension hunkered down and Tighten because we were out playing with it, you know, the zero to 60 is fun and it makes a weird whirring noise and you know, yada, yada, yada. I've never driven one in comfort. Yeah. Um, now I've driven a Rivian truck. And I've done, you know, the 0 to 60 in 3.2, 3.5, whatever it is. Uh, and that's a lot of fun to do those things. But I'll tell you, it's faster than any car I've ever been in. But it's, there's no soul. There, See, I, I mean, there's I know no that, vroom, vroom, because it's all electric. But, but, but again, <laughs> right. I challenge this whole, like, isn't that kind of, like, older people um, in, investing feelings, thoughts, and emotions into things that are old? And that whole, and I think we you had this conversation You just sat there and before. said that if you were to look for a play car that you would invest in something old i would yeah i would but I, but then we get started talking about pricing and mm-hmm. how pricing skyrocketing because yeah. people are trying to hold on to this but you still technology. you have that feeling of nostalgia and and honestly I do but it, but okay so remember when we were we were walking and you're like oh that the challenger what a shit box and stuff oh, i'm I like yeah those things but that's an iconic look of an old car that's been modernized right i'll take a 1970 challenger over one of these new hellcats or shit packs or it's Scat, I'm sorry, it's a scat pack, not a, not right. a shit pack. But you and me are relatively the same age. So think yeah. about the, you know, when you were talking about when you were getting your Corvette mm-hmm. or Camaro mm-hmm. and it was going to be this, that, and this, and that. You were in your younger formative years. For sure. So yeah. as, as these older guys, <laughs> us, I can say that, um, start to die and fade away and whatever, mm-hmm. and those technologies um, don't exist, it's not going to be a different feeling for, to, for yeah. you know, today's 20 year old. It's going to be the only thing that they've ever known. Yep. Fully understood. Right? Fully understood. So when, the, when you're like, oh, you know, that's why I'm asking that question. Like, why would people pay an absurd amount of money for something that they know is going to the wayside? And, and I might invest in, like, I'm not talking about me spending $50,000, $150,000 on a car. I'm talking about, like, oh, there's a $20,000 half rebuilt Chevelle. It's just kind of cool to if go. If you find a $20,000 Chevelle, I'll give you 34 No, I mean half. I said half. <laughs> oh, there's only half. <laughs> that's half all you're going to get. Right? Fr- like, it's maybe the like, it, like it's got no tranny. And, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Like that. Okay, got gotcha. Or like we were talking, like you know, like Tony was saying, like I could see you getting the 2023 Z6 or whatever number car you guys were talking Z06 about. Z06 Corvette. Z06 Corvette. Corvette. If I was right? to buy a brand new car 
right now and it was going to be just a throwaway car and I was to be in underneath the $80,000 mark, it would be a Camaro Z or a Camaro 2SS 1LE. So how much are those? That's going to run you about 70 70 right. So what's your premium 79 Chevelle or whatever big car? How much is that going to run? You're going to be knocking around the same door. Yeah. So you can... For for, for Chevelle, the Chevelles haven't taken off like the old Camaros have and things like that. They're, I think they're probably next. So I, mean, then I, I haven't really yeah. dug into and it. That, I, and just, that's just I thought that was a little high for a Chevelle at this point. Like, I, I think you could... The early 60s are going higher than the, than the 70s were. Yeah, but I, I think you could you could get a, a decent Chevelle for like 50, 60. It's not going to be like a 454 car. It's not going to be a manual car. It's not going to be a highly optioned. And when I say highly optioned, I'm talking like big engine. Right. So, stuff like that. So my you, thing is like really, mm-hmm. really. Oh. I think I would enjoy the newer, faster, more technological car at the you same would. price than I would. You know, something that's you don't even know if you can get parts for this piece of shit anymore, right? Well, like, you I can. Wrong? I mean, there, oh, yeah, there's I a lot of specialty can. places, but that's that's kind of the whole movement of like the resto mods, to where you take an old car, put it over on. So there's a a shop that's very very famous called the Roadster Shop that is pretty local to us. Ooh, I know, I know. Wow, they built some cars. Um, But they sell modern chassis, you know, a full modern frame. And then they'll put, you know, like a a new Corvette engine and, you know, you know, just to kind of lay it out there, one of the new Corvette V8s. With an old timey body. With an old timey body. And then they'll redo the interior to have all that technology your bluetooth your you know heads up display if you want all these different things it's almost like making a new car that'd be cool though i could dig that like like a restro mod would be the only way i would want an older car anymore but that is that's no you're no longer in the 70 80 range no you're you're 100 plus yeah you're you're probably the two to three at that point like for the roaster shop to build complete yeah you definitely are right to do a ground up build have it all custom with brand new electronics and everything in it on a older body car you're like a two or three hundred thousand there's a lot of work do you think they would finance that for me the roadster shop they're not a dealership they're They're like (laughs) 1.9 you know that's like yeah 96 months that's like a repair shop like (laughs) be like a mortgage (laughs) for this fucking car i mean don't be wrong i mean there there's some amazing (laughs) stuff out there but i mean but i think that like it's a valid point i mean i guess as you get older like how does what's the value of nostalgia so so let me ask you this do you think in 20 or 30 years people are going to be going looking for the first generation tesla no because they've all been recycled because they're like because there's no reason to mm -hmm. like you're not like there's nothing they're right now already people are like going oh that's a first gen test no i no thank you right but that's what i mean like you're not you're not getting all nostalgic for an electric car that is you know what i mean like it, there's nothing that you're looking for in that version it's just a weird dynamic now like i don't think yeah but you could have a collector that's like this was the first tesla the first tesla absolutely is model or whatever but, it, but what i'm saying is like adam's not going and looking for the first chevelle he's looking for a like, chevelle you, in yeah it. do you think that's like car culture like oh you know on the open road and like that whole car culture that was built up around that time that I makes mean, it more i don't think think that it's necessarily Nostalgic. like gone away like you still have car shows for like old classic cars like that they, they do that like every week no, no my point is i'm sorry my point is like so you're saying that about the tesla today what other car that's made today even if it 
it's gas, would you feel like that in America? Unfortunately, right now, a lot of those cars... Must, you, Mustangs, Camaros... That 20, like, 30 years from now, you'd be like, oh man, I wish I had a 23 Mustang Camaro. But I think it's going to be far more specific because what has happened, and it's always happened with cars, is that there is a... There's a For the Masses version, and then there's also a... Souped the the, the, the specialty version. Like, mm. So because let's like, go back to your Challenger, okay? So your Challenger, you can go buy a Challenger. I have no idea what the prices are because I refuse to go to the Dodge website because I think they're shit. <laughs> um, but you can buy a Challenger, a V6 Challenger. You can get a Challenger RT. You can get a Challenger Scat Pack. You can get a Challenger RT-RT because that's, that's double fucking Dodge. Yeah, that's the road and track package on top of the road and track, which the fuck is wrong with you guys? But your marketing team is you're, shit. You're borderline R2-D2 on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <reference>. But <laughs> then you have, you know, your Hellcats, and then you have your Red Eyes, and then you have, you know, all these different packages. I think that what is going to happen with car culture, because everything has become so specialized, is that's going to be the one thing that will continue from, you know, the older cars. A, a 350 Chevelle, so, the you know, with a small V8, mm-hmm. is not worth nearly as much as a big block V8 Chevelle, right? Right? Or Camaro, you know, right. whatever the case may be. But just like right now, a Hellcat Charger or Challenger or Charger, whichever, is going to be highly sought after. It's because it's limited, right? Because it's right. limited. And, and they, because don't, they don't do that for Teslas, right? They don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying okay. the electric cars are going to be the death of collector car market. Like, But there's... But you're, you'll they're going to be the death of car culture. So you'll still be able... Or you'll still have the collectors out there that are looking for the older, like the Mustangs, you know, like the Shell. Mm-hmm. Bees, the mm-hmm. you know the chargers the scat packs like like those I love ca- that they called it a shit pack like Jesus like those are fucking dodge like as long as those are still made like those will be sought after cars 20 30 years from so now. who's to say though that they can't just do that with electric cars then dodge is Ford is like is doing it going too. all in on electric so you yeah. gotta imagine mm-hmm. they would a lot of them are getting away from that and so when they stop making them that's what I'm saying I'm saying the electric cars will like nobody's going there's never going to be a really sought after electric you know car like why? 20 or 30 we years say that and now. there there might why be why i because if they start making specialized electric versions of their okay. models then so why would it at, be the same thing okay so a great example is let's say that you get a tesla model s okay and then you have a tesla model s plaid the plaid is the holy shit fast one mm-hmm. uh you know that everybody's talking about. yeah it, it's <laughs> got like a 10 volt motor on it instead of a yeah volt right motor. uh but it's like zero to 60 and like 1.9 or something stupid like that like right. it's literally it will shoot your shit out of your butt for you it's stupid fast so that is going to be something that's probably going to be a collector. But my question is, is do these cars become like the appliances in our house? Yes. Yes, Where they, do. they get bricked after a few years and they don't work. I don't think it's going to be necessarily that bad, but I think that a lithium-ion battery has a lifespan. I think the batteries will kill it. Yeah. The, the lifespan of that, but not only that, but the cost of those batteries to replace one of those batteries is like six grand. It is okay. today. Today, and it might be better later. It will but be better later. That, I mean, that's me, how it goes. Let me ask you this. So, what if you drive down the road? Now, you drive a Malibu. Mm-hmm. I drive, I drive. I'm the only SUV driver. So, so, I drive a Hyundai. <laughs> you drive a Civic. I drive a souped-up Civic. It's got a little turbo. Beep, beep. 
not souped up. It's uh, a factory turbo, and that's for efficiency in your case. Um, Unlock my turbo. Yeah, right? So <laughs> He's got the need for speed. <laughs> uh, I will say that at one point in time, I ran into a guy, uh, this was probably two years ago, that had a, uh, a Mark IV Supra. And you want to talk about turbos, the big thing to do with those is to convert them from a dual turbo over to a single turbo. And if you guys have never heard the blow-off valve of a Supra that's been like built, it's the craziest sound you'll ever hear. So it's, it's fucking awesome. I don't know if but you anyway. noticed the glass over look I, in I, his I, eyes when you said Supra and he had no yeah, idea he had what no you were idea talking what was going about. On. <laughs> um, that's a car right now that's selling for, you know, if you have a stock one, that's a $100,000 car. It was a $30,000 car when it came out. Um, but anyway, so I have a question for you, whatever. And the reason I bring up you guys as cars is because we all drive very everyday cars. Yeah. Uh-huh. When was the last time you were driving down the road and you saw a car that was new that you would have described as sexy? Corvette. That new, that new, new Corvette, honestly. I wouldn't call it sexy. I would call it sleek. I would call it modern. I would call it a lot of different things. I don't find that to be a sexy vehicle for me. Lambos look like, like if you're talking to like more exotic or higher end, like Lambos just always look like the same fucking car to me. Yeah, like, like the, I don't know. They have a recipe. Um, I think that the Ferraris, Lambos, they all have that. They're sleek. They're, they're exotic. They're that not flat, like very low to the ground, yeah. like very classic of that car maker yeah. look like there hasn't changed a ton over time but and everything's my, like straight edge now no there's not a lot of that's curviness. my point that's my point and to which in turn i associate curves with with sexy okay so whatever you see a, a lexus or you see a, a honda or you see even i was a, gonna say lexus even up to these like you know exotic cars the only car that i would really consider to be sexy anymore of a new modern car would be an Aston Martin, probably like a DB9, uh, or like a Porsche 911. Both of those cars have very soft corners. They they have a sexy look to them. Hold on but cars second. used to be... When was the last time you saw one of those driving around? Today. Really? Yeah, I passed two 911s today. All right. We live in different neighborhoods. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking glass shower door, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in my neighborhood. Um, but no, my point being like old cars, <laughs> they it, don't slum it like yeah. that. <laughs> what I'm getting to is like old cars. So yeah. like all of your old cars used to, they were sexy. They had, you know, they were modeled after. Is, a, that, is that true though? Like yeah, they, it is. Because they didn't have the curves like the Chevelle. Oh, look the, at your old Buicks. Look the at Chevelle it. you're talking about, like it's not curved. It, like it, it is you, so boxy compared to. You're compared thinking of, to, no, you're not thinking of a 70. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, it, I think it means like where everything now is like hard edge. Everything is. There's like there's sharp, sharp corners. Like oh. those, those cars are like more rounded body and soft and that okay yeah. I think that's what he's... It, and then, and that is, that's kind of what I'm getting to. So I think that what's happened is everything has become aerodynamic. Everything has become sleek. Everything has become fairly utilitarian. You know, to where cars used to have more soul, more sex appeal. And I think that is the reason that you would purchase something that is older. Because you weren't around in but, 1970 or 1965, whatever your date is. Those cars were sexy. They grabbed your eye. But why? Like, why are you convinced in your in your emotional state? Not you specifically, but... Oh, no, I'm emotional. Us about it for sure but why do we why do we have that relationship where we think vehicles of all things are quote-unquote sexy you know and then we'll look at something that's like older like that and be like oh my god it's got soul yeah it's a fucking car just like that tesla 3 it's a fucking yeah but i mean like cars used to be you know modeled after you know chevrolet had a section of and i want to say it was in the the late 40s to where they literally had a car that had hips because they were modeling it after
after, you know, the hourglass figure of a woman that was popular at the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, things like that, you know, there's the Dolly Parton Cadillac. Okay, that brings me to a good point. When was the last time you saw a car on a TV show and associated it with a TV show? Mm, maybe you're onto something there. Think of the Dukes of Hazards. Think of the Knight, Knight Rider. Rider. Yeah. All those Magnum cla- PI. Those classic yeah. cars that were almost characters within those shows. They were when, characters. DeLorean. When, Back to the Future. Right. When was the last time you had that? Fast and the Furious? Even then. That, th- those that are... black Charger? That's the only one of those cars. Uh, and then the, the orange Mark IV Supra. Yeah. For you. Like that... Honestly, if we really wanted to dig but, into the Fast and Furious side of it, the Mark IV Super that was, you know, I don't remember which movie it was, but to where, you know, the send-off for Paul, okay, you know, Walker like, after he died. But, but anyway, like I that, that Charger is the only one that's made it kind of through the films that you mm-hmm. still associate with those you films. You do. That is, uh, that's the character. And that is an older Charger that has made it through. That is the only... Christine. R- that, maximum overdrive. But that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> those are, those are older vehicles. Like, you don't, it's not like, oh, you know, even the Bond cars, like those Aston you, Martins, those fucking you, drip sex appeal. Like when a yeah, James Bond, the movie still drives nice cars. But when was, Aston's, but you don't associate those cars with James Bond anymore. No, it's the opposite. Right. So like you, like the older ones, you'd be like, oh man, Sean Connery was driving that one in the James Bond movie. Like you would really associate mm-hmm. that car. That's the Bond car. Yeah. You haven't had that in decades. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think about it like that. That so that that's then that's part of car culture dying. Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. This is gonna make my midlife crisis car even way more complicated. I can help. I can help. Please, please. Ooh, tag me in. Tag me in. I can help. <laughs> maybe I'll get. Maybe I'll get. <laughs> let, let me spend me your money for you. Let me yeah, spend your money. Yeah, right. Let me spend your money. Maybe I'll get an email from like Chevy or something. Hey, you're 45. This is what you should buy. Give me a little guy. You're halfway to midlife crisis. <laughs> Absolutely. They they do have. The, uh, the the over sixty color pack, or then you can order your Corvette in yellow or <laughs> or in brown. It's got to be one of the ugliest. Oh, they're colors fucking awful. The vehicle, I can never imagine. So bad. The, bum- so the bad. bumblebee baby. Oh. <laughs> That's not no. I mean, like that yellow, like yellow. Bumblebee is like a darker yellow. You know, bumblebee. Like, holy crap! I didn't talk about movies. This is weird. I was going to. So bumblebee's s- coming back from uh, Transformers. I was going to say. We I, had have talked you even about seen Transformers? <laughs> Ironically, and we're all surprised I have. That was like 18 years ago, so hopefully you have. So that was whenever... So Bumblebee was part of the release of, bring, of Chevy bringing back the Camaro after they discontinued it in, two, in 2002. Oh, okay. A little bit of fun uh, trivia for you guys. Look at that. I knew something about a movie. Good job, Adam. Fuck yeah. Good job. Uh, that's more of about a car line, but... Hey, sure, do we'll not get, take we'll, this we'll from me. It, we'll give it to you. Do not take <laughs> yeah, this from me. <laughs> Interesting time. No, and in, in, in our next podcast, we'll talk about a movie I did see, though. Oh, yeah. Because I haven't seen it yet. We're going to have to talk about that. In the, I'm, I'm going to see it in the future. <laughs> We're going to talk about a movie you haven't seen yet in a future yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's called Foreshadowing. <laughs> Ooh. Woo. Suspense. But hey, um,. And, and I know we're probably getting we're getting ready to wrap up this episode here, um, but I did want to do a little shout out. Uh, one of our uh, I got a message from a fan that has told us that uh, we have reached and we have penetrated Texas. Oh, nice! Oh, yes, we have. 
So, hey, Beth, if you're listening, I know you own a Tesla. It's soulless. Oh, no. Tell us how it is for real life. Yeah. Do you regret your decision? Is it comfortable? What's going on? Yeah. No, I know you waited for a long time for the Tesla, but Beth, please send us in an email at cogs.pod at gmail.com. And let us know what you think about the, uh, about your Tesla. Um, The only reason I know that is because it, uh, you know, it was part of a profile picture. (laughs) Oh, you can throw it up on our Instagram page at cogs.podcast. All right. Well, guys. Uh, I think that that's a wrap for this one. Beth, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Have a good night, and don't forget to have a conversation of your own.